Uh, but tonight we're wrapping up our series uh, called Slay Giant Sacred Ground. Tonight, the final giant we're going to slay together is the giant of addiction. Everybody say addiction. I, it's one of those. It's one of those words. It's one of those concepts that brings a lot of different feeling about it. The word addiction and the concept of addiction is is something that for a lot of you at this age, as you're in high school, it's not something that you would you would probably say um, really re you you relate to personally in your own life. Although maybe some of you would. Some of you experience the, the effects of addiction through family members or through people that are close to you. You've watched it, you've watched it maybe ruin a relationship. I know there's people in here where, where addiction, whether we're gonna walk through a couple different addictions that I wanna hit on tonight, but some of you watched addiction tear apart your parents' marriage, or tear apart uh, a close friend of yours' relationship with you or somebody that they love. Addiction is, is a really powerful thing. And it's not a lot of the time talked about until it's too late. And so one of the reasons why I want to hit it head on tonight is because I know there are several of us in here that are struggling with an addiction to something. And it may not all look and, and sound the same way, but, but more than just those that are tonight saying, I would, I'm saying I would struggle with addiction to something, there's, I want to help give you tools. I want to help give you, I want to prepare you so that you have a preemptive strike on addiction before it hits in your life. Because when it hits, it's so much more difficult to wrestle down. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to take a look at it. Just really play me tonight out on the table because I don't want to. I don't want to waste any time, and I don't want to. I don't want to fluff anything up because you, there's other places you can go to uh, to just have church as a hobby. We really want to do some work tonight because I believe on the other side of addiction, there's freedom to be had, and I believe that a lot of the time when when you don't be real about the things that you're struggling with, you miss an opportunity to truly experience healing and freedom. And so we're going to hit it for real tonight. And so it might get a little uncomfortable. And I want to I just, here's what I want to I want to set the surface. I want to set the foundation like this. This room, from this moment forward, through the rest of the night, is a shame-free zone. It's a shame-free zone. Pastor what do you mean? Here's what I mean. A lot of the times when we're in a place like this, especially for whatever reason, church, there's something about being in church for a lot of people that you just immediately when you walk in, you just feel like, you feel bad. You feel like people are judging you. You feel like God is judging you. You feel like you've got to look and sound and act and be a certain way in order to just be accepted here, to fit in, to, to, to not get like fire cast down on you from God, from heaven. So everybody's got a little bit of a different feel. But, but let me say this, even for the most seasoned Christian in here, for those that have followed Jesus for a lot of years, that have been raised in church, that have, have had Christian parents who have sent you through Bible camps and summer camps and, and Sunday schools, like, there's something about shame that none of us are immune to. And that we can be in this place and hear a message like this on addiction, and all we can feel walking out of here is more shame, rather than forgiveness, mercy, grace, freedom that's offered to us, yes, even you. And I want to make it really clear from this point forward, tonight, this is a shame-free zone. So I, what I'm about to say is not going to cast more shame on you. What people are going to think or feel, not going to bring more shame on you. You've got to know that the only shame you could be feeling in this place at this moment, from this moment forward, is a lie from the enemy. Yeah. Trying to get you to make sure you don't hear what God wants to speak to you tonight. So what I want to do before we get started is I want to have everybody close their eyes and just... Focus in for a moment and give the Lord an opportunity to really make that true in you. If you're feeling any sort of shame tonight or guilt or condemnation about something in the world of addiction, let's take a moment and let's let the Lord take that so we can hear with clear ears and see with clear eyes the things he wants to show us. So, Lord, 
I just declare in, in faith right now that this place is a shame-free zone, and that can only be because of you. So God, I pray that where the enemy is trying to do work in our minds and in our hearts, that you would just squash those things and speak over those things and eliminate those things and break those things, the shame that is over us in this place. I just pray that it would be a shame-free zone by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about slaying the giant of addiction. And a lot of people associate addiction with just drugs or alcohol or pornography. Because a lot of those, those that's usually the three, the big three, drugs, alcohol, pornography that are associated with the word addiction. And some of those things might be prevalent for you. I'm going to hit one of those three things tonight. But there's other areas of addiction that you may not even realize that you struggle with that we need to, we need to make sure we are aware of. But a lot of us associate drugs, alcohol, pornography with addiction. And uh, I want to I want to say if you're experiencing an addiction tonight to some form of substance, um, alcohol or drugs, uh, like it's not a game. It's not a game. I'll tell you what. This is one of those areas in high school that like everybody, everybody, uh, most everybody, on the us generalizing, want, wanted to just like flirt with the line here, in some way, in some capacity. I'll tell you what. It's fire. It's a fire that, like, it's not a game. So let me just challenge you and encourage you. Like, if you're flirting with any of those lines, I'll tell you what, it is a, it's a slippery slope. Whether it's alcohol or it's drugs or it's smoking weed or it's whatever, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, a, it's a fire that you don't want to get burned by. And you hear it at school, probably, like, they do the drugs uh, aren't cool, like, whole, like, campaign, like, don't do drugs, all that stuff. But, like, let me tell you as a youth pastor, I, 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 I'm supposed to say it, but, like, for real, just don't play games then. It's not worth it. And just because other people are doing it and other people are accepting it does not mean it's right. And you'll find yourselves in a lot of places in life where other people that you respect or that you want their affection or their approval in your life, you're willing to slide on some convictions that you have in your heart and life because of how badly you want that affection or you want that approval from them. Don't do it here. This isn't the place to play games. But some of us might be struggling with an addiction to substance why are we talking about addiction tonight? Well, when you're addicted, when you're in addiction, you're in bondage. When you're in addiction, you're in bondage. You are in chains, spiritually speaking, metaphorically speaking. You may not see it on the outside. It may not be as visible as somebody that is chained up on the outside, but you are in bondage. When you are addicted to something, you actually are a slave to something. And so why we're going to be, why we're, we're talking about this tonight is because when you're in bondage to something, you are experiencing less than what God has in store for you. You're experiencing less than the things that God has for your life. That you're, you're experiencing a, a lessened degree of the, the, the blessings and the future and the incredible gifts that God has for you to experience as a son or as a daughter of God. And you're filling yourself with something that's only temporary, that only temporarily satisfies, but then it actually leaves you empty and desolate and broken. Ultimately, why we're talking about this tonight is because addiction brings death. That's why it's important that we address it. That's why it's important that we tackle it head on because ultimately addiction brings death. And I want you to experience life. More importantly to me, the God that created you wants you to experience the life that he has in store for you. And there's a lot of people, Christians included, listen to me, people that have gone to church their whole life and they would take themselves out of the category of of an unbeliever or non-Christian, Christians included in here. Some of us are experiencing half of the life that God has in store for us because we're unwilling 
to be real about our struggle with something that we are in bondage to. I want you to experience life. God wants you to experience life. That's why we got to tackle it tonight. So let's look at the definition of, addic of addicted. A a basically, addiction is the state of being addicted. So let's look at the definition of addicted here tonight. Addicted is physically and mentally dependent. Everybody say the word dependent. dependent. I'm short enough, I think you can probably still see it, right? <laughs> physically and mentally dependent on a particular substance and unable to stop. Everybody say unable to stop. And unable to stop taking it without incurring adverse effects. The two things I want you to see in the definition from Webster, good old Merriam-Webster, is the, is the, the phrasing dependent and unable to stop. Can you close your eyes for a moment? Everybody in this place, close your eyes for a moment. Is there anything in your life right now that you would say, if you were just being honest with yourself, no hands raised, no to respond, just think about it for you, that you would say you are dependent on or have an inability to stop doing that doesn't line up with God's will. Think about it for a moment. Oh, right, you can open your eyes. So that's our definition that's going to frame our time tonight about addicted. Something that you're dependent on, unable to stop doing, looking at, experiencing, turning to that does not line up with God's will. It does not line up with God's word. Let's take, let's take a look at some things that, I wanna talk about three specific areas of addiction that, I, that are just, they have been in my life, and I, I know they're gonna be in some of yours. It's not gonna be for everybody, but I know that there's gonna be some that this is for, to just wrestle with a little bit more tonight. Uh, when it comes to the next generation, when it comes to where you are right now, and where I was in high school, and a couple of the years after. But one of the areas that I became uh, pretty addicted to from the age of 13, uh, from 13 on through the first two years out of high school, uh, was pornography. I remember, I remember my first time looking at pornography as a 13-year-old uh, eighth grade student. And it carried on in and out of my life throughout high school. And uh, this is one of those ones where I, Y'all have had probably talks to some degree if you've been in church about something like this, especially you guys. I know that the ladies who may not have it as, as had it as much, but whether you've been in a summer camp or a small group or whatever, this is something that's been brought up. And here's what here's kind of the vibe that I get now. It's been talked about so much for a lot of you that there's now it's it's turning into this it's turning into this side of the spectrum now, this pendulum where like youth pastors and people that are part of youth ministries don't really talk about it anymore because there's this like we've talked about it so much and we know everybody struggles with it so like why are we talking about it anymore and now we swung to this other end where it's like well we're not going to really talk about it anymore because we talked about it before I'm not I'm just no it's a deep it's a big deal and I want to talk about it just for a moment tonight because it's something that when I was in high school it, it, I was in bondage to and I was a, a high school student leader in my youth group and I was on the connection team, and I was on the worship team, and I was on mission trips, and I was leading my campus club at my high school for Jesus, and all of these things when it came to like what God had called me to be, who He called me to be, how I was carrying out my life, had Jesus at the center of it all, and yet I was I found myself addicted to pornography, and I tried over and over and over, up and down, trying to figure out a way to overcome this dependency on something on on a on a behavior that really acted upon a lust in my heart 
towards something that was not God-honoring, towards something that objectified women, towards something that was an immediate and temporary satisfaction that ultimately left a deep hole in my heart and just, and just wrecked me and ruined me. I mean, there's so much study that's come out in the last even several years of what pornography does to our brains. It literally re rewires our brains. It, it rewires the neurons to experience and look for something different. It, it begins to make things numb to the way that we're supposed to engage and experience life. And so for a lot of you young men and some of you young women, statistically, there's young women who are in high school that are, are experiencing a struggle with this as well. Let me just say this right out of the gate. There's no shame in this room tonight. Some of you have never heard somebody say that porn is bad. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? I haven't been in church. And that's okay. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Porn, uh, looking at images of, of, of women or men that are, are not in a glorifying to God way, it's, it's, it's going to mess you up. It distorts the image that God had designed for a man and woman to look at each other and be in a relationship, in a committed relationship in the context of biblical marriage one day. And let me tell you, as a young man, the more you get into that rabbit hole and you go down that journey of looking at images and watching videos and, and, and exposing yourself to that world that is there, that is completely endless and now is at our fingertips at every second of every single day, the more numb you will become and the more disconnected you will be to the reality of the way that God's designed you to interact and have a relationship yeah. with somebody in the opposite sex. So let me be the first to tell you in love that pornography kills. Pornography will ruin you. Pornography will self-sabotage you and your relationships you have with girls that are, you know, people that are that are in friendship and girls in relationships that you have with guys. It will self-sabotage. It will self-destruct. It will it will try to wreck your marriage before you have a marriage. See, pornography builds up this fantasy in our eyes and in our minds that there's something that is to be obtained out there that is more glorified than what is actually real. And then we kind of we seek it and we search for it. And we're not we're not experiencing it in our current relationships or context. And then there's just this weird like unavoidable feeling of dissatisfaction with what we've got and so we got to keep looking for it farther and farther and farther and we become more and more numb have you have you ever put a piece of tape uh on something that wasn't uh like okay let's just piece of tape on like a wall anybody put a piece of tape on a wall before okay that's super random you're like what is he what why i don't know how many times as a youth pastor i put lots of tape up on walls just signs just whatever Right? There's, there's, a, there's a few different times where like, I need to re-put that sign up with that same piece of tape because I'm trying to be a good steward, trying to reuse myself. Right? I got a piece of tape there. Have you ever experienced putting tape on something a second time, reusing it, and for some reason the stickiness is kind of worn off a little bit? And then another, if you do it again another time, you almost like, you just every time you put it on something, it loses its stickiness. It's, it loses its ability to do what it's made to do. Every time you look at porn, every time you go down that route of lust, that's what's happening to your heart and soul. And so young men in here especially, and young women, because I know that there's something here. This is not to be bringing shame or condemnation or guilt, but this is just to expose some of the darkness to say, God has something better in store for you. And then every, every time that you're, you're longing for something that's not, being, that's not being met in a relationship, or you're stressed out, you're feeling the pressures of family or life or future or school, all those things, it's just, and it pushes you to a, a quick moment of temp temporary satisfaction, let me tell you, it's gonna kill you. And it's gonna keep you in bondage. And I wanna tell you tonight, there's something better that God has in store. But for me, 
I knew all of those things that I just told you, and yet I still struggled. I wanted so desperately to be free. I would tell people, like, ah, the, the people that I would confide in, I, I, I don't want this. I, I want to be completely free. I would talk to God about it. I would, I would weep before him and just be like, God, help me. Please, I, I, I confess the sin to you. Will you help me break this, this cycle? And for whatever reason, for a lot of years, I still struggled on an up and down roller coaster. And, and I'm saying all that to say, one, I want to be vulnerable with you. I'm not, a, I'm not at all ever going to try to pretend like I'm somebody that I'm not up in front of you. Because the church has already got too much of that kind of reputation. Yeah. Pastors trying to be like, this is me. We got it all together and we love Jesus all the time and we never struggle with anything. Well, I did struggle with those things. And temptation still knocks on my door. But, but the addiction to pornography was something that was, was very difficult for me to break. And I know probably, probably statistically in this room, there's several of you who, if we were just to have a one-on-one honest conversation, you would say, that's me too. And I'm here to say that tonight, there is a power and there is a possibility and there is an opportunity that God can and will help you overcome. So pornography is one of those things that a lot of our generation is addicted to. A lot of us, it's just second nature. A lot of us, we don't even think about it now because it's in so many forms. It's all, it's all undercover. It's, it's Instagram. It's, it's different ways that slowly lead us into a place where it gets worse and worse. But we, get it, we have it in front of us all the time. It's pretty hard not to get away from it. But some of us just need to know like, it will ruin you. But man, there's something better to be experienced. But pornography is one that I really experienced. Another, another thing that I think I see a lot of us become dependent on is this world of technology and social media. You know, like, all right, here he goes. Adult talking to us about how we're on our phone too much and blah, 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 blah. I, get, I, was, I was thinking to myself, I wonder how many people for $50 would give their phones, put them in a drawer, turn them off for two weeks. For fifty bucks. How about you? So that'd be that'd be fifty. Fifty's like that tough. Fifty, like if it was like fifty for a day, I can see a lot of you all y'all jumping on that. I think Kobe, you that thought of like fifty for two weeks might be that. Some of you are like, I don't have a phone yet, so I'm, I'm good. Think she's ready. She's like, I need gas money. Hang up, Pastor You know what we're, what we're learning? What we're learning about Generation Z, which is you guys. The people that are still in high school here, you guys, you guys are part of Generation C. Uh, that just basically is a, is a label of the generations of, of students that are, have been born before a certain year to a certain year, and you guys would all fit into that category. I'm on the border, I'm a, I'm a Generation Y, I'm a millennial, you guys are a Generation Z. Here's what we're learning about Generation Z. Uh, you, you guys aren't as much addicted to technology and social media as much as it's an extension of who you are. That's what, that's what we're seeing. It's not as much as like you, you, and here's why, because for a lot of you, it was, it's been a part of your life since you can remember. You don't remember really a time where this wasn't a part of your everyday interaction. And so for like my generation, I have like a, all my elementary school and all of my middle school coming into my freshman year, I got my first phone. And it was like, whoa, like next tail, big old fat walkie-talkie. And I was like, this is the dopest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Right? That, but that for me, I didn't have any of that up to that point. For a, lot of, for a lot of you, not all of you, for a lot of you, it's been a part of your life much earlier. So Generation Z, it's not even as much of an addiction as much as it is an extension of who you are. 
but there still poses a lot of problems that I'm watching and I'm seeing rob people of the life that God has for them. Because here's the problem that I see. There's, there's always going to be a, a, a thing. You, you've maybe heard me say this before. I know I, this is something Pastor John talks about, our senior pastor, a lot in our adult context. There's always a thing. I'm addicted to pornography. Was addicted to pornography. That's the thing, right? You're addicted to pornography. That's the thing. The thing is pornography. Or you're addicted to technology and social media and always wanting to see what's happening and making sure that you look really good in every single picture and snap. So that way, if somebody sees it, they can know that they're getting the absolute best of you. That's the thing. But there's always the thing under the thing. The thing is, the thing is pornography, but the thing under the thing is a, is a deeper desire to be connected to somebody. And I, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm realizing about, about a lot of where you guys are at with, with potentially an addiction to social media and technology. Like, there's, there's not a, there's, there's a, a phrasing that maybe you've heard before called FOMO. Anybody heard FOMO before? Anybody know what that means? You're missing out. New phrase that's come out pretty recently. Anybody know what the new one is? Okay. Top follow. Oh, I said YOLO. Oh, follow. <laughs> follow. For real was doing a bunch of research. This is a for real thing. That this is they're they're coining this term follow. This is the fear of living offline. Fear of living offline. Yeah. Like that. That's becoming for the next generation. Fear of living offline. Oh, yeah. They the thought of not being able to be accessible to your friends or to contact them, or then to be able to contact your CEU. Here's what I'm realizing. Underneath that, underneath that, when it gets to the bottom layer of it all, there's something about instant gratification that is our, our generation's addicted to. It's not even about social media, Instagram, it's not even about our phones. There's something about instant gratification that our generation is saying, I, can't, I cannot live without instant gratification. I have to be able to talk to somebody and get a response. I have to be able to get instant gratification on a post. I need to be able to see who just liked this. I need to be able to see who just commented. I need to be able to talk to somebody. Like I need to be able to watch this. I need my Wi-Fi faster. I need my. I just cannot wait. There's an addiction to instant gratification happening. But I want to challenge you with a thought that I think will help you overcome some of these addictions to social media or technology that might be in front of you. There's power in waiting. Man, if our generation could learn the power of waiting, I'll tell you what, your life would be a lot less stressful, a lot less full of anxiety, a lot less full of worry, but there's something beautiful about waiting that I believe that the Lord wants to bring you into. There's a, pay, there's a blessing on the other side of waiting that our generation is not familiar with. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 through 14. Let me read this to you. This is going to speak to you. This is going to be our verse for the night. We're going to speak to you, and then I'm going to give you some, some thoughts on how we overcome this giant of addiction tonight. And then we're going to worship. Chapter 10, verse 13 through 14, be on the screens. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is what? Faithful. Faithful. <clears throat> God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. Therefore, my beloved, flee from adultery. Truth number one tonight, God can help you overcome your addiction. Period. Some of you, you brought your addictions in this place tonight, and you already brought yourself, and you put yourself in the L category. I'm, I chase, I've tried. 
Chase, you don't know how hard I have worked and willed myself to try to overcome the things that I've been struggling with. I can't. But let me tell you, that's the, that's the enemy. God can. God, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. And so with whatever the weight of the struggle that you've got, that you that you brought to the table, whether it be a substance addiction, whether it be a pornography addiction, whether it be the addiction to people's approval of you on social media or your image always having to look perfect, God can help you overcome your addiction. You're not instantly in the L category because of where you, where you are or what you've been experiencing. Christian in here, Christian young man in here, let me talk to you. You are not unable to overcome the struggle of the addiction that you have and the thing that you're addicted to tonight. With God, all things are possible. We sang about it earlier. And God can help you overcome your addiction. Some of you just need to know this very clearly. Listen to me, please. You need to hear me say, you are not too deep. You are not too far. You are not too lost. You are not too broken. God is bigger. He's bigger. He's bigger than whatever facade that you've been trying to put up. He's bigger than all those times you failed. He's bigger than, than the lie that you've been speaking to yourself or you've been listening to the enemy speak to you. God's bigger and he can help you and he will help you overcome. You have got to continue to cling to the faithfulness of God because he is clinging to you. So don't believe the, the lie that you're too far away. So truth number one, God can help you overcome your addiction. He can. He's faithful. Number two, truth number two. Our addiction problem is birthed out of our idol problem. The reason we're struggling with addictions is is actually because before that, we have an idol problem. What do I mean, Chase? What do you mean by idols? Here's what an idol is. An idol is the thing loved or the person loved more than God wanted more than God, desired more than God, treasured more than God, or enjoyed more than God. It's the thing loved or the person loved more than God, wanted more than God, desired more than God, treasured more than God, enjoyed more than God. That's what an idol is. An idol is not just a wooden little thing like pagan, you know, people that are a long time ago or people in a different side of the world that worship this. That, no, an idol is something that you have postured in your heart to be, to take the place of what only God can fill. It's a relationship. It's a girlfriend. It's a boyfriend. It's getting into that school. It's, a, it's obtaining that status of friends. It's, it's winning that championship. It's getting that thing that you've been wanting to buy for three years. It's, it's whatever you would say, I want more than anything else, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. It's an idol. An idol is something we believe will bring us what we are longing for that's outside of God. And so... We've got to understand that our addiction problems stem from our idol problems. And that idol stuff is where we got to start. we got to begin to do some idol smashing tonight. Some of us need to start ripping down some idols that we built up in our lives as the thing that's going to bring us all hope and all fulfillment and all security and all longing that our hearts have, have been begging for. I'm telling you, nothing satisfies you. Nothing will fulfill you. Nothing will bring you that peace and comfort and security like God. Like knowing him, like experiencing him, like understanding who he is. When we have idols in our hearts, it's really hard to see the truth. So a lot of us tonight don't see the truth about our addiction problems because we have a hard time seeing the truth about our idol problems. And we got to know that it starts there. So last truth, number three. The key to overcoming addiction is repentance. 
I don't think addiction is a one-time, one-stop shop. One-shop stop. Stop shop? Thanks, <laughs> Like, I don't think there's like this perfect equation for like breaking the addictions that you have. Honestly, I don't. If there were, I think somebody would be like a billionaire. Like, here's the book, go read it. You're gonna be perfect, one night, you'll be good. Rest of your life. I don't think there's a perfect formula. Honestly, here's my experience. It's a journey with Jesus. I mean, I believe, and I believe that tonight God wants to set some people free. But if you don't walk out of here with like physical chains or spiritual chains that are broken off of you, I don't think there's something wrong with you. I don't think you didn't pray hard enough. I don't think that you're 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 doing something wrong. I think that it's a journey with Jesus that continually brings you back to His grace, yeah. that brings you into a place of dependence on Him over dependence on that thing. Yeah. And so, for some of us here tonight, you gotta understand that part of that journey with Jesus is this is this act of repentance. Now, repentance is a word that a lot of you are like, ah, oh, that's religious. I feel like my Catholic friends did that. I know my grandma does that a couple times a day. What does that have to do with me, Chase? Repentance. Man, repentance has got to be a word that you become familiar with and embrace with everything you've got. It is one of the most powerful words in the Christian faith. Repentance. Let me let me break down repentance for us tonight. And, and I want to invite Alec. You, yeah, Alec, would you mind coming up to the keys? I'm going to invite Alec to come up and I'll have the band come up as we pray in just a moment. But let me break down the repentance for us tonight because I want to make sure we're all on the same page with how powerful this is for our lives. The key to overcoming addiction is repentance. Let me let me give you let me give you a, a, like a little quick three step breakdown of, of what repentance looks like. Number one, how do you walk in full repentance? Admit it to yourself. You can't go anywhere unless you have the ability to say, "I am struggling with pornography. <laughs> I, I am struggling with lust. I am struggling with with constantly looking at my phone, hoping that somebody has liked my picture or my status or commented or sent me a direct message. or I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to constantly be, being in a place where I'm longing for connectivity. I, I'm struggling with always wanting to be the prettiest, always wanting to be the strong. I'm struggling with whatever it is for you. The first step of actual repentance is going, God, I, I have a problem. I admit to myself, I'm not going to lie to myself anymore and pretend like I don't have something going on. I have something going on. Hi, my name is Chase, and I have a problem. Hi, my name is Chase, and I'm addicted. Man, until you can do that, you're stuck. But we got too many people that live in denial because they don't want to be honest with themselves. I'll tell you, again, shame-free zone. I mean, do you know that when you're with Jesus, you're always in a shame-free zone? Gospels at all, you read the Bible at all, you see anything about this man Jesus, you know that this guy's constantly breaking bubbles of shame all over. A woman that's caught in adultery, a bunch of people trying to bring shame on her, a bunch of religious people trying to bring shame on her. What did Jesus do? Comes into the scene, gets down on her level, calls out all the religious people, and is like, Where, where's your where's your clean life? And if you have no sin, go ahead, throw the first stone at this letter. Any of you guys never messed up before? Go for it. Throw the first stone at her. And they all gotta walk away. But Jesus is constantly bringing grace and exploding the bubble of shame that people carry on themselves. There's no shame with Jesus. And so that first step is saying, hey, Che, I, I, to yourself, I've got this struggle. If we can't do that, we can't go anywhere. I'm telling you, you won't be able to walk in healing if you can't be honest. 
and admitted. The second one, in repentance, it's confess it to the Lord and then to someone else that you trust. Confess up and then out. This one's going to sting. This one is really, really hard. Really, really hard. Because there's so much at stake. Or at least we think that there is. We think that, man, if I tell somebody that I'm struggling with this, what they're going to think about me. I don't, I can't endure that. If I tell my parents that this has been happening, if I tell my youth pastor, if I tell my youth leader, I can't, I, what they, they, they will, they will just think this of me. I'm going to tell you what, I, I, I would venture to say that after you confess to the Lord, that's the most important thing. Jesus, I, you, you see all this, you know all this, and this is not like news to you. You're like, whoa, I didn't know this was going on. Thanks for telling me. He sees and he knows. But there's something about bringing yourself in that humility to the Lord and confessing with your mouth. God, I repent of my sin. I've been struggling in this addiction. Will you forgive me? Thank you for your grace. And then, with boldness of the grace that God's just given you in that moment, because he's faithful to forgive. We, we read it in, uh, in, in, what was it, James chapter 5. I didn't put it in here. James chapter 5, I think it's 16, it talks about, it says, James encourages everybody, therefore confess your sins to one another. This is going to be the stuff I want to challenge you to do tonight. And we're going to take a little bit of extra time tonight because I, I really believe that some of you, like, it's like this. If somebody were to say, okay, you've got cancer. There's two options that you can be, there's two options you have. One, you can be healed today and it won't cost you very much. It won't be painful at all. But you will only be healed for three months. And then the cancer will come back. Or somebody says, you can be healed of cancer completely, but it's going to cost you a lot and it's going to hurt for three months. But you'll be completely healed after three months. Here's what a lot of times we do when it comes to this area of confession. We take the, we take the first one. We go, I, I want to be healed right now. And I don't want to experience any, any suffering or having to get out of my comfort zone or humble myself and tell somebody that this is happening. But then it comes back. I would venture to say that it, it is impossible to fully experience the power of repentance and healing and forgiveness until you've confessed it to somebody else after you've confessed it to God. We've got a generation of people that can say all day long, God, I'm sorry, come to the altar. God, I'm sorry. But they don't want to confess their sins to somebody else that they trust. you got to tell somebody. Yeah. And when you do it, I'm telling you the power that is released when you confess sin. It's like the enemy is sitting there going, no, I lost my hold. And then the grace of God just rushes in and overwhelms. I'm telling you, LWI High School, for some of us, that's our next step to overcoming the addiction and walking in repentance and confessing to the Lord and then finding somebody you trust and going, I've got to confess this to you. I've been struggling with this and I need to tell you, man, I, will you pray with me? Finally, it's turning towards Jesus. Admit it, own it, confess it to the Lord and to somebody you trust and then turn towards Jesus because he's already turned towards you. I mean, he's already right there with a posture of wide open arms saying like, look it, check it. I've died for all of this stuff already. To pay for it, to cover you, to give you a freedom and a forgiveness. He's already turned towards you. So you got to know that tonight when it comes to confessing and 
walking in freedom from whatever addiction that you might be struggling with or struggle you might be having. It's, it's, it's impossible without Jesus. Like, like none of this is possible without him. Without Jesus, I, I hide in my shame and embarrassment. Without Christ, I'm, I am in a dark place, full of shame, bringing it on myself, and embarrassed of the yin yang. Without Jesus, I'm, I'm hiding in my shame and embarrassment. Without Jesus, I'm too prideful to let anybody know that I'm struggling. Without Jesus, I want to try and do it on my own. Without Jesus, I can't stay on the path of righteousness towards health and holiness. Without Jesus, this is not possible. But the good news is, tonight, we have access to Jesus. Like, the good news is that tonight, Jesus is available to us. He's available to you, even if you already know him, even if you've already responded to who he is, even if you've already experienced him. He has power available to you tonight, forgiveness available to you tonight, grace available to you tonight to walk in. So that you don't walk out of here the same as you when you walked in. That's my job. Don't walk out of here the same as when you walked in, because otherwise you're wasting your time. There's a lot of homework you gotta do. There's a lot of football you can watch. There's a lot of snapping you can be sending. There's a lot that's there. I'll tell you. <laughs> but you're here. So let's do some work. So you're here. Let's get transformed. You're here. You're already here. And it's not an accident that you're here tonight. I believe God wants to transform your life. So I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna invite the worship team up with everybody else from this moment. You guys and close your eyes. And,